Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, one of the hosts of this program. And in the house, all dressed up, looking beautiful today is... Woo! Lisa and Kenoki. What's the occasion, man? Why are well, you all dressed up? You know, first it's a party for Norman. Now it's the 20th anniversary of the movie Ray. And I have my good friend, Ray Charles Jr. Wow. Is joining us today. The illustrious, because he's just as brilliant as the genius his dad, but a lot of people don't know, so that's why I wanted to talk to him today. Well, Ray Charles Jr., thank you so much for being here. This is a really big deal for us, you know. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So, Ray, you know, actually uh, wrote a book, I'll tell you, at my behest, against he didn't want to do it at first, but he wrote a book, no, You Don't Know Me which won the NAACP Image Award in 2011. And and you should know, it was up against Jay-Z Decoded, Nelson Mandela's book, and Condoleezza Rice. Wow. And he won this book. And this is after he was the actual reason for the movie Ray. He was the producer, but he actually optioned it. So we want to hear a little bit about... Absolutely. Ray, you want to tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, why you thought about doing this movie about your dad. And it took you... Wasn't it like 13 or 15 years for anybody to make this movie? Correct. You know, I was pretty successful as a financial advisor um, from Money Financial at the time. I was taking a look at, uh, you know, my father's setup in reference to what they were missing, in reference to revenue, and, and what, what his brand was doing. This branding thing is kind of obsolete to me because I was doing this in 1990. I did it with uh, with my dad in reference to the Diet Pepsi commercials. And I basically came to him. I left my job, and he brought me on paying me pennies. And so I said, okay, I really have to do something here so that I can make money. And um, I came to him with several ideas. Uh, the first one was to option the book, uh, his, his bio, and life rights. And so I paid for that. He wouldn't give it to me for free. He said, if you pay for it, um, ultimately, you're going to get it done, okay, because you have something on the table. And so, so is this the book correct. by David Ritz? This is the book by David Ritz, Brother okay. Ray. Brother Ray. And, okay. um, but what I did, he didn't actually want – I didn't want to make uh, a film, and I didn't really have an idea what I wanted to do yet, but I didn't want to option the book. I wanted to option his right to his life, which gave me a lot more latitude in reference to that. And number two – I didn't have to deal with two individuals, David Ritz or my dad. So um, that was the reason why I approached it that way. 
So, so tell us, I know uh, yeah. there's a couple of juicy stories. Like, tell us the story about some agency you went to. They thought your dad didn't give you permission to talk about him. I mean, you know, I pitched this story maybe, oh God, you know, ungodly amount of times, okay? At that time, Showtime, the HBOs um, from Columbia, Pictures, and so on and so forth. So, you know, I went to William Morris, who my dad had been doing business with for over 30 years, okay? Without a contract. You know, just a handshake. And um, I show up to a meeting. I drive all the way from Palm Springs, and, and this guy tells me, well, Ray, you know, it's come from up up above that unless you have exclusive written permission from your dad to represent this, I can't, I can't go any further in trying to put this um, film together um, with – put you together with um, some viable producers and directors, right? I said, oh, really? So you made me drive here two hours? Okay, and you're going to tell me that. I said, I'll, I'll, better yet, this is what I'll do. I'll get Ray Charles. Is everybody in the room? He said, yes. And so I made a call to my dad, and, and uh, um, I, I commenced to tell him once I get him on the phone. I said, uh, I'm here with William Morris. I'm with one of their VPs. And he said, what's his name? We gave him his name. And I said, so what they're telling me right now is that I'm sitting here. I don't know that there's anybody else named Ray Charles Jr. And they said, <laughs> unless unless I have your signature on a piece of paper, I can't, I can no longer represent you in trying to make this movie. And he says, what's his name again? What's that fool's name again? Whoa. <laughs> and he said, um, let me remind him I've been doing business with William Morris for 30 years and, uh, without even a contract, and I dare him insult you like that, get up and walk out of the meeting right now. And uh, that's what I did. Um, and after that, um, I regrouped, you know, by the grace of God, you know, I, I, I was given a call um, uh, by Stuart Benjamin, and he said, look, you know, do you think, um, do you still have the rights to do the film? I said, yes, and he said, look, well, I have a billionaire out of Colorado who loves your father, who may be interested in doing this film. He's going into film production, and that was Phil Anschutz. Mm. And so, and to make a long story short, Phil Anschutz invites me to MGM. He had just purchased the uh, Kings, the hockey team, um, part of the Staples Center. And so he invited me there for this charity event with the Kings to discuss that. And so, um, gosh, what, what a really kind person, a very bright individual, and so accommodating to me and um we discussed it he said well look this is an american story um that i want to tell it is not it is a rags and riches story it is not just an african-american story it is an american story about hope it is about work ethic it is about believing in yourself and i want to tell that story so you know my antennas are already up and i'm like is this a joke and it obviously wasn't a joke he said look your dad's before me here. Can you set up a meeting between me and your father? And so I said, of course I can. And so I commenced to take um, Phil Andrews to meet my dad. And he said, it's a done deal. He looked me in the face and shook my hand and said, you know, um, we're going to make this film. And, uh, and, and the rest is uh, history. Now it's one of the top 10 biopics of all time. It's gone on to spawn the careers of so many folks from Jamie Foxx to... 
Kerry Washington Kerry. to Regina yeah. King and on and on. And uh, I mean, I can't, Terrence, I, I don't even know all the people that had spawned out of that movie, but this was your brainchild. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I think that sometimes you're so uh, modest that people know of your dad's brilliance, but they don't know of things that you've done. And that's why the book or Ray Charles, 50 years in the, the music industry, which, which is, which is, Another, it was the first variety show on Fox. Uh, tell us with Greg Willenborg. I remember that because I actually was fortunate to go to that. But tell us about some of the things that goes into, like you said, you were involved with Diet Pepsi. Were you part of that? You got the right one, baby? <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I was, part of, I was part of that branding. I mean, the whole purpose of me coming with my dad was to brand him. I said, look, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. It's not just about you going out playing your music, but people want to have memorabilia. Right. They want to be, I want to, you can immortalize yourself by putting yourself in um, other mediums other than music. So let's try to do that. And so we had to talk about that. And of course, you know, he's successful and, he, and, and um, we pitched this idea to Diet Pepsi and um, it just turned out to be a great campaign. Um, I mean, obviously, I knew nothing about producing. But you know, it's interesting because you said you're a financial advisor, right? You're a financial guy. And here yeah. you are out there figuring out, okay, how can we merchandise you? Right. 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 But I'm a marketing whiz. I mean, that's yeah. right. You know, and, and, so, and so my whole thing was always, if, if Ray Charles is my commodity, everything is very simple. Either you can market that or you can't. Mm -hmm. And either somebody's going to say yes or no. And you just have to figure out the right projects in which to to insert him in. I also knew that once I had Ray Charles, I can have an agency go out and find me the best talent to produce for me. Right. You know? And and as an executive producer, that's exactly what I did. I didn't know anything about producing yep. film. I didn't know anything about TV specials. But gosh, did I get a uh, um, a crash course in <laughs> film production uh, from Taylor Hackford? Um, and I mean, uh, working with Taylor Hackford for Ray was, uh, I can't imagine all the things. And Stuart Benjamin, what I learned from them in reference to approaching a film was genius in reference to him being probably the only director who have, who, who could have uh, made that film. And, and, and ironically, I went to Fortis Whitaker. Fortis Whitaker actually is my first choice. Hmm. And he and he actually turned us down. So. Wow. Isn't that uh, funny? Sweet revenge, isn't that's it? That's right. <laughs> Sweet revenge. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Ray Charles Jr. It's, it's interesting to me, Ray. I don't have the relationship that you and Lisa have. You talk about your father almost as if uh, it's not your father. He's kind of, he was your kind of your client. Well, I mean, but... <laughs> He didn't believe in nepotism. It was like, I, which is ironic. He just believes in hard work. He says, look, I'm just not going to give it to you. Yeah. You know, and number two, he really didn't truly understand marketing. Um, and so he would always slap his, slap his hand on the, on the desk and says, you know, you need to stop with the New York fast talk stuff. You know, I just, I just <laughs> played it. I just played the piano and sing songs. And so I said, look, let me break it down to you in terms let's use let's use caps or let's use a booklet if it costs me five dollars to, to produce this booklet and i produce two hundred thousand of them and i can sell them for fifteen dollars he says is it that simple i said it's that simple and that's how i had to break things down to him in reference to him 
because it's all numbers with him. That limitation, he couldn't see what I envisioned in reference to programs and caps and the design of these things and how different it was from anybody else who was doing it. And I was highly successful with that. And um, and I think <laughs> after I pitched it in, in, in layman terms to him, he said, okay, I'll be your partner. Wow. wow. And, so, and so we formed uh, RCR Productions, which is um, which was um, – basically there really to go out and brand him and to do all different kind of marketing, whether it was television, whether it was films. And that was my aim. And the ironic thing though, I was so successful so early, I didn't think all these things were going to hit like they did. You know, once once Ray was done, then I said, okay, where do we go from here? It was very difficult at that point. And then I created the concept of Genius Loves Company. And that was supposed to be like this mega album Right. And we were sitting in the studio and he and and he was really sad because he said, look, you know, I had already always dreamed of one thing, doing a gospel album. OK, mm-hmm. number right. one, which he never did, which he never did. So, Ray, the other thing that um, I found interesting is that Frank Sinatra himself called your father, quote, the genius. Yeah. And that he was. And but, you know, there was so much great respect between them as musicians and and and. I believe during that period of time in the 60s when Frank and my father were together, um, his his respect came from how Frank stood up for our, um, African-American black musicians at that time, okay, where in, in Las Vegas or wherever they were, they were treated differently. Um, Frank stood up for that. He stood up for um, Sammy Davis Jr. Anyone coming to Vegas and basically said, look, if they can't sleep in the same hotel I'm sleeping in, forget it. Hmm. I'm not performing. That took a lot of courage. And my father, from that point on, they may have not done any duets or songs together, but the respect level um, and his continued friendship with Frank was a, a very strong bond because he said, you know, very seldom you see somebody in his, with his power do something like that and risk risk it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Frank, Frank um, put his foot out and stood up for... Um, you know, for equal rights, okay, for blacks, um, where we basically considered second ha- second class citizens. Right. And uh, that's a story, that's an untold story, yeah. And your dad had other really great friends, Clint Eastwood and, and just what Willie Nelson, all kinds of friends and Man. things that a lot of people don't know yeah, about. Yeah, you know, he was really great friends with Clint Eastwood. They were very close. Um, but Quincy Jones is his lifelong friend mm-hmm. and somebody he considered a brother. He spoke just about every day. And it's a great story in itself because how do t- two teenage black kids meet in the 50s? Um, my father coming from God knows where, okay, <laughs> all the way across country, which I wouldn't even do at a 17-year-old not knowing anybody, making a living and meeting Quincy Jones, and they both become two American music icons written in the fabric of this country. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the other question, what was it like growing up around these people, around these celebrities? Yes. Well, I always complained to my father because he would just say, you know, you're just too nice and, you know, you need to be a little bit more tough. I said, yeah, but then how would that reflect on you? Because I carry your name. You gave me this name, (laughs) you know. And all and all I get all day is, what is it like? What is it like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it like? Yep. And all I have to do is to say, 
how great it is. And I said, with all the dysfunction, with all the all the things going on around our family, you know, behind closed doors, you know, that was the face that I had to carry, and it was not always like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very difficult for him to understand. Yeah. yeah, to be a Ray Charles Jr. I mean, do you do you still like that name? Did you ever resent having that name? I did because I mean, you know, because later in life, this is what happened. After I had so much success in television and film, and the issue was is I had great success. I just have little success. The projects that I did were extremely successful. Genius Loves Company, Ray, that's three projects that I did out of maybe 10 that were um, in the Diet Pepsi commercial, extremely successful very early, very quickly, because I understood that I had a great commodity. Although and people didn't give you the credit for the Genius Loves Company. No one gave me credit. And didn't really no paid for it, but you did that, yes. <laughs> no one ever gave me credit. No one has ever, ever reached out for me to produce another movie um, where they want to pay me. But all day, my phone rings. Ray, um, we would like you to work on this project. I said, well, for me to pick up the phone and to call John Feldheimer of Lionsgate or to call someone else, on my contacts at, at, at Netflix, okay, that's gonna cost you this because it takes time out of what I wanna do. And, re- and remind you, you want me to help you raise money, um, but that's taking money from maybe another project that I'm getting paid for, or or somebody has enough respect for me to come to the table and say, look, we're gonna pay you to do this um, to have access to what you have. And that's been a big problem. Mm. And I've just got And I've just gotten to the point to where you know, um, you can't leverage me like that because number one, a lot of these projects I don't want to have anything to do with. And so, what I, what I've done uh, several times is to to arrange financing to do films, but I don't put my name on the film because I don't know really, I don't know their team, I don't know if the film is going to be great. And so, what happens is that you have a lot of films that have come out over the years in the last maybe year, maybe where I've done four or five projects where I've gotten paid certain vital assets to that to that project, whether it's distribution, whether it's financing, whether it's a combination of both. But you don't see my name because I don't want to take credit because some of those films didn't do great. So I understand, Ray. You don't want to put your name on something that you don't know what the outcome is going to be because it is your name. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Ray Charles Jr., son of the Ray Charles, who unfortunately passed away in what was it 2004 yeah and we want to talk June 10th. Uh, yeah. so i'm sorry and just a legacy now lisa said that um your dad obviously had no vision he was blind but he still drove cars and flew planes <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that and, and he drove vespas too really <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's uh his favorite thing was to ride his vespa you know because he was protected a little bit more on the vespa you know, yeah. the way they're made, you know, if he fell off, you know, um, <clears throat> it wouldn't hurt his legs and stuff like that. He takes some bumps and bruises, but he loved to drive a Vespa by himself, you know. So he, he must have had some vision. He must have had some vision. How, no, how? He had no eyeballs. No. Then how do no you do eyeballs. that? How do you do it? No, some, okay, two, two ways. Either you can be riding in front of him and he can listen to you okay. and where you go and he follows that sound or... Um, like he used to use us as his little guidelines, have us running around 
You know, he used to have me running up and down near the curb and, until my mother caught him doing it. And he would follow me. And my mother said, you mean to tell me you got your son in the street running to the curb so you can ride this stupid motorbike? You know, and, and did he get bl- he got blasted for that. Oh. And she told me to get out of the street. Don't you ever go in the street again? He said, you better not ride that vessel on the sidewalk. That's funny. So, well, let's, let's talk about so, your mom. And your so, mom would you know, drive the cars with your dad, too. Yeah, well, you know, the, the first experience with that, we were coming, uh, we lived in Lemur Park, and um, one day my father said, B, let me drive the car. And, and and my brother and I were sitting in the back seat. And so my mother pulls the car, she stops the car in the middle of the street. My dad walks around, gets in his driver's seat. I turned to my brother and said, we're going to die. <laughs> Oh, he said, we're gonna die. <laughs> my, you know, my mother gets in the back seat. And I say, oh, we're gonna die. <laughs> and, and, and she puts her hands on his shoulders, and she says, okay, Ray, pull the uh, the lever, you know, to go into drive. He puts it in drive. She says, okay, let off the brake, give it some gas. And he she, he would follow her prompts, and she would guide him with on his shoulders. She wow. okay, she would pull his shoulder to the left. Okay, he would just to the left. And that's how he drove down the street. Well, you can't blame the guy. Those are things that, you know, we, we all take for granted, right? But right. when you have no sight, it doesn't mean you don't want to do it. Let's talk a little bit about your mom just passed away, Ray. And, yeah. and she was a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. And, and, and she was the brainchild. She was the partner with your dad in this entire business. I mean, they were the wealthiest blacks and one of the wealthiest... Uh, business people in the world at one point in the 60s so tell us a little bit about your mom's god bless her Uh, i'm gonna miss her a lot um i call her the quiet queen um because she just really never wanted the spotlight um she just wanted to live a down-to-earth life um where she can go anywhere she wanted and be herself without having to have all the, the bodyguards and i mean we had to live like that for a while during the 60s and 70s but ultimately she always wanted her freedom to go out and do what she wanted to do. She loved to bowl, loved to be with her friend. And she went, She didn't want to have to go out and have to carry that facade. All she wanted to do is be a mother to us and to um, to be a great partner to my dad and, and to make sure that um, he wasn't being um, bamboozled and robbed and so on and so forth. So let's tell everybody your mom's name I was love it. Della I love her name. B. Robinson, also Della B in the movie Ray, played by Kerry Washington, of which Kerry Washington actually went and consulted with your mom, who gave that story for you, her son. So, you know, I think your mom, people do know your mom. They they know her from the screen, but she was a wonderful, wonderful person in the community. The yeah. LA, what was it, the, the LA Council, City Council is honoring her my as my Congress and everything else just in her passing, her recent passing at the age of almost 93. Uh, you know, I think people need to know about your mom. She was a famous gospel singer. Uh, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. What was the name of the group? It was Cecil Shaw Singers, and, and um, my mother left home at an early age, and her education was very limited to high school. Um, and actually, she went back to high school while we were in elementary school so mm-hmm. um, to get her high school degree. I think that intellect in all the social things, the the links and the Jack and Jill's, she always felt that she didn't fit there. 
But she fit in the community. She let kids come and spend the night at your house. Yeah, but that was but that was her gift. Her thing were, were the children and to make sure that they had all the opportunities that we had um, to be able to go and excel. And, and, and just to be able to give them a taste of that and to be able to treat them, you know, in, in a manner in which she felt that they needed to be treated um, and, uh, and to be mentored to. And that was her gift. And and just so to I know we're we're tight on time, but one of her highlights I know you wanted to say real quick was going to the White House in 2016 with you. Just tell us a little bit about what she said about that, and then we're gonna have to wrap it up. Well, I believe that she thought that that would never happen because my father had passed away, and consequently, when Clinton was in office, they were divorced. So at that time, you know, she never thought that she would be able to do that. Um, let alone be able to um, to experience the first African-American or black president. And I think that that was just uh, something she held really, truly close to her heart. So we want to thank you so much. We're glad we got to learn a little bit more about Della Beatrice Howard Robinson, and we got to learn about you and your dad and the illustrious legacy uh to, to the world just your family's a treasure i know i could and talk to you for hours and hours and hours there's, i'm sure there's so many stories to tell but this was the tip of the iceberg and and we really do appreciate you know sharing this this inside story it's really really neat to hear and if they want to know more you can get a copy of ray's book online you don't know me reflection of my father ray charles so you can hear some more of those stories about like how his dad put together his bike or you know, with the seat standing up or, you know, how he did more of these driving ex episodes or driving the I plane. Thought drunk elves. I yeah. Thought drunk elves. <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta give him credit. You yeah. gotta give him credit for trying to do a lot of things that you know, that basically he shouldn't be doing, but that's yeah. okay. Well, thank you again. Ray Charles Junior, we really appreciate your time. It's been a great conversation. It's been wonderful. Such a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. And okay. thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.